Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Just before we start the podcast, we want to make you aware of the upcoming Mines and Money London event, which is back in person on the 1st and 2nd of December at the Business Design Centre. This is Europe's largest mining investment event and brings investors and mining corporates together to connect, learn and do business. And you don't want to miss the mining pitch battles. Investors can claim complimentary tickets and other attendees can get 10% off with a discount code DIGDEEP10, all in capital letters, when registering at mindsandmoney.com. So get your tickets now and we will hopefully see you there. So now back to the podcast. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is David Stein, who's the CEO of Kuyat Silver, who are developing a first-class, high-margin, sustainable silver mining operation in Peru. Uh, they are focused on the growth and cash, cash flow with a focus on low-cost silver operations in a mining-friendly juris, jurisdiction. Um, David has a background in geology and, and, and engineering um, and founded Kuya Silver back in 2017. So he's here today to tell us a little bit more about the exciting journey he's been involved in and what obviously the future holds. So that's welcome, David, to the podcast. How are you doing, David? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Rob. Yeah, appreciate your time. So wondered if you can um, give the audience, um, tell the audience a little bit about your background, about your career. Um, and how how you uh, basically got started. Sure. So I, as you mentioned, I was educated in geological engineering. Then I did a master's in uh, geological sciences. Uh, so, you know, heavy technical background coming out of uh, uh, university in my early 20s. And um, then uh, I jumped basically right into finance capital markets uh, from there. So, um, uh, you, you know, the in the... Uh, Early 2000s, um, the the um, mining industry was still in in pretty tough shape. Fortunately, I was I was able to uh, you know to find a, a firm that believed in uh, mining and in specifically at the time uh, gold. So um, uh, I kind of joined as a gold specialist because uh, I'd done a lot of stuff related to gold and silver in my uh, in my you know my master's degree. So so I was able to kind of jump into that and. Uh, I, at the same time, was doing a bit of uh, basically on my own time, like by correspondence, learning about uh, capital markets, uh, starting the CFA program. Um, and so uh, I was already starting on my own to transition towards finance. And uh, so it, was, it ended up being a really good fit. Um, I was able to jump into covering companies um, as an analyst, more or less right away. And um you know, some of the companies that I started covering in the early 2000s did extremely well. And uh, so uh, I was able to sort of leverage that off into a very, a very uh, good career as, a, as an analyst for the next uh, almost decade. Um, then I decided I wanted to 
you know, try more of the portfolio management, uh, what we call the, the buy side. So uh, of, of the business. And um, I did that for a number of years as well. Uh, and, and, you know, through kind of the end of the bull market in mining and into the start of the bear market for the first few years of the bear market. And so it was, it was around 2016, I decided to, to leave and basically go out on my own. And um, at first, I thought I would do something again, more on the investment side um, and private equity, I was quite focused on at the time. Uh, ended up, uh, you know, finding the Bethania project, and it was just so much better than any other opportunity that I could find at the time that I just decided to uh, ditch everything else I was working on and focus exclusively on it. So I founded Kuya to acquire the mine. And, you know, about three years later, almost exactly, we took the company public. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to give us a, an overview of um, Kuya. Yeah, sure. So Kuya is, uh, uh, it's a, a you know, mine silver a focused developer. Um, we have uh, our flagship project is the Bethania Silver Mine in Peru that we are looking at uh, expanding and restarting production there. So that it was a past producer, recent past producer, um, was in operation up until 2016. And uh, so we were able to, uh, through Kuya, we were able to strike a deal with the owners to uh, kind of earn into it. Eventually, we bought them out in, in 2020. And uh, and then we ever, you know, we've been developing it into uh, a new mine ever since. So that is, you know, that's our main story. And we obviously overlay uh, a really um, exciting exploration story onto the mine development because very little exploration has been done in this um, on this mine and in this region in general. So uh, so we've been able to do uh, some very uh, exciting drilling in the last year. Um and acquiring new projects or new lands that will, you know, give us even more targets. So, you know, we think we can make the project a lot bigger at the same time as, you know, starting production in in the near term, um, which is, which is, I think, an exciting combination, you know, going back to my days as an analyst, uh, having that um, cash flow plus growth uh, tended to be, you know, kind of the secret sauce to having exceptional uh, stock performance or exceptional companies in our in our business um, because the the production itself de-risks the company uh, for a lot of investors you know makes you real um, but then the growth is what gets people really excited and will pay a big premium multiple to to own your company so that's really what we're going for um, and uh, you know whether it's um, uh, you know there's lots of models of, of companies that I've looked at in the past whether they be gold or silver that, that kind of fit into that mold. And I think we've got the opportunity, but you, you need the, the first asset, which is Bethania. You need a great first asset. Once you have that, which we, we do, then you can, you know, you can build a really exciting growth story. Yeah. And obviously you mentioned it being drilling. Um, I wonder if you can give us uh, an update on the drilling and some of the results that you achieved. Uh, well, uh, yeah. So we drilled 5,000 meters, um, Earlier in the year, we put out our results around the end of July, and the really the the so the just to step back a little bit, what we have is a historical mine where you know there's a historical resource there from the previous owners. It's not 43101 compliant, but what it they did have a lot of good data from the um, sampling the the underground tunnels which were developed along the various veins. 
So they had, they had, they had a resource that consisted of six veins, three of which carried most of the ounces to be, to be honest. And then the other three were small, but uh, so we were able to extend those three, you know, bigger veins, major veins at depth and along strike with our new drill program. And then on top of that, what we were quite excited about is um, we were, we were able to um, make some of those other veins, those, you know, what we call minor veins bigger. Um, and uh, we also discovered some new veins closer to surface as well. So whereas we, we might've thought intuitively that the upper levels of the mine were mined out, it turns out they're not. Um, you know, cause there's some other veins up there that were, uh, were missed and the, the big veins that had been mined look like they're going very deep. Um, and we've started extending them at depth and along strike as well to off to the East. Uh, and you know, we're, we're also hitting some wider zones as well. Um, so that, you know, that were you know, wider than we ever expected based on the historical mining that had been taking place. Um, but again, that's just a function of the fact that the previous owners never drilled. They were really just, you know, tunneling along the vein and sort of sampling what they could see. And um, when you do that, you miss you miss things that that could be in the in the wall rock. And and so once you drill, which we which we're able to do now, uh, you 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 can find that you know the the zone's actually wider than you thought. And in some cases and in some stopes, we will you know we will we will see uh, some additional tonnage. I think. Um, you took who you public last year. H- how's that been? And obviously, obviously, we've had COVID over the last twenty months or so. Um, yeah. How how's the listing been? Since, and how's the journey been since then? Uh, well, it's a great question. Um, in fact, we did the whole RTO. So we took the company public via an RTO. As it turned out, you know, going going back to twenty nineteen, I honestly wasn't sure how. I knew I wanted to take the company public, but I wasn't sure what route we'd go, whether it be RTO or IPO. We ended up finding a really good, you know, kind of partner to do an RTO with, which was Miramont Resources. Um, they, you know, had parked their company. They had a couple million dollars of cash at the time, um, but New Peru, um, the chairman, Quentin Hennig, really liked our project um, and got behind it in a big way. And so it ended up being a really good fit for us. Um, and in fact, we, you know, some of the, some of the people who are involved in Miramont um, are still involved with Kuya today, you know, almost two years later, and that they basically form our, our, our satellite Vancouver office. And then we've got our, our team here in Toronto as well. So, um, so it's been a really, really good fit. Um, we did that all during COVID without meeting each other in person, um, all doing all, all my investor meetings like this online, on Zoom, on whatever. And, um, you know, it, it's not, um, I, I do think you miss, you, you miss stuff that way, but that being said, we were able to, we were able to do it. And, and I can't looking back now, I can't complain. Um, you know, being public, uh, obviously adds a lot of, um, you know, additional administration to a company that is, uh, you know, that costs you time and money to, uh, to accomplish. But on the other hand, it's really made, um, it's really made the the growth of the company possible in in the last year or so. Um, we've been able to raise an additional since we went public uh, around twenty one million, uh, and that was really key to uh, closing the acquisition of the mine itself. Um, and then, of course, all the additional uh, exploration development work that we've done since. So, um, you know, I'm not sure that would have been possible had we stayed private. Uh, and so. Uh, 
so being public has been, you know, although there's definitely ups and downs with the share price and, and uh, you know, the market um, can be, uh, you know, can be a cruel mistress, so to speak, sometimes, um, especially when your sector is not in favor. But that being said, you know, again, looking back, I, re- I really can't complain. And I think we, we've got um, being public is going to uh, help us hugely in the future as we as we look to grow the company. Um, you mentioned, obviously, the shares have been sort of on a roller coaster ride over over the past year. Um, from your perspective, what, is, what has been happening um, and how do you see the market for sort of silver equities uh, moving forward? Right. Well, you know, when we went when we took the company public, it was actually October of 2020. And the you know, we were we were riding uh, a bit of a positive momentum at the time. You know, in the summer before we went public, the silver price kind of jumped up from the, you know, the high mid to high teens to, you know, over $20. So there was there was a lot of interest in silver at the time. Um, And look, we benefited from that hugely. And I think all being a new story helps as well. Um, And and so uh, so the first, uh, you know, few months of being public were, uh, you know, very, very um, exciting from a share price perspective, you know, then I think we, we've had a bit of a dose of reality in 2021 uh, here. Um, once the, you know, once uh, in particular sort of after the, you know, the silver squeeze kind of movement happened and, and around, you know, February, it started to, to fizzle out, unfortunately, again, you know, in the, in the short term anyway, and uh, our share price, uh, much like all the other silver equities, for the most part as well, ha- suffered. Um, and I think the smaller you are, the worse it is. Um, so the bigger ones um, held up a bit better. But um, a- anyway, nevertheless, it's sort of part of part of uh, being public. So um, you know, the the funny or ironic thing about today is, uh, you know, we look at our our share price in our company today. Um, I think you can very easily argue we're a better company today than we were when our, our share price was was probably double what it is today. Um, you know, we we've got our, our drill program, first phase drill program done, results in. They were all very, very positive. We've made a couple of acquisitions, which are you know very accretive for our company and very positive for for the growth of the company. Um so um so as I said, I I'm you know, I I feel like we we're a much better company today than we were you know, um, nine months ago when our, when our share price was, was probably about double of where it is today. So it's just, it's, it's the way it is and, uh, in the public markets and obviously a great opportunity for, for investors. If, if, uh, if we're right about the future. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of a, a newbie as an investor, um, and especially in the silver market. Um, but obviously like, as you mentioned, um, every silver, whether they're a producer or an explorer, they have they have obviously been hit more recently, um, which is probably a good time to invest if you are looking to uh, obviously invest in in a silver explorer producer. Um, but obviously, you, as you mentioned, the share price went down, um, but that was obviously an industry wide um, reason and not a reason um, because of the, obviously of your company. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we we did have uh, again. This isn't unique to Kuya, but we did have a little little bit of a um, a market effect relating to the Peru um, election back in, in particular, April and May. So I would say 
you know, Kuya and some of the other Peru stocks started to fall first, but really we were just leading the charge and everyone ended up catching up no matter whether they're in Argentina, Mexico, wherever, Canada, <laughs> we, we all ended up in the same place by July, August. Um, but yeah, we probably led it a little bit just because of some of the nuances about Peru at the time, but it, it seems like that's all sort of corrected and adjusted to, uh, to where we're all at now. Um, your flagship project, Athena, um, is intended to go back into production next year. Um, yep. how, how is that, how's that progress going? Um, and what do you need to do over the next few months to make, to make it all happen and obviously be on target? Um, well, it's, it's going, uh, it's going very well. Um, definitely 2021 because of the COVID and, and, you know, again, a few other things in specific to Peru, we got slowed down a little bit, but not, not a lot. The, the nice thing about our, our expansion project at Bithania is it's a, it's a relatively short, you know, scheduled project. So no matter when we start, you know, we'll be finishing it within, you know, a few quarters instead of a few years. And, um, and so as, you know, as long as we can get it started, um, early next year, uh, we'll, we, we can be in production by the end of next year. And, and, uh, and that's, you know, that, that's a great position to be in, you know, you're not looking at, you know, years of delays or anything like that, like you can with some of these bigger, you know, giant projects out there. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, we're, we're still uh, very positive. We can, we can get into production very, very quickly. Um, in terms of what's necessary now, um, there's some uh, sort of final permits we need um, relating to the more of the construction. So the environmental uh, permit is we, we've had that for actually a while now. Um, so it's it's now sort of relating to us finalizing the uh, engineering designs and, and, you know, getting construction permits for for certain infrastructure that we need to build, including the mill. Um, and, you know, then there'll be. At some point next year, we'll uh, we'll uh, finance the uh, the expansion itself. Sort of sort of treat that as a separate uh, a separate job in the queue, and uh, um, you know we uh, uh, so we'll do that at that point in time. We're already you know talking to uh, various parties about about that, including um, you know including potentially doing some debt. Um, the the project is you know is very profitable and very quick payback. So, um, you know, in our case, I think, I think, um, having some debt on the project is actually a very good option to uh, reduce dilution, um, for our shareholders, but you know, we'll see what happens in the next few months. Um, earlier this year, you acquired a silver project in Northern Ontario. Um, what's the rationale for that deal? Um, and how does it fit in, into a sort of Cougar's strategy? Yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, you know, I, I, I I think we we've been very clear um, since we started the company that we want to be a multi mine producer one day with Kuya, and that we're not just a single asset company with Bethania. Um, that being said, Bethania is our flagship project. We are, you know, we spend probably ninety plus percent of our uh, resources, time, and and money on Bethania. Um, but nevertheless, when there's an opportunity, when we can take an opportunistic approach to growth like we did with the Silver Kings project, um, we're going to take it. So that that project came to us. It was a non-core asset from another company that, you know, really had a had a sale process um, in, in progress that we, we thought we could get it very cheaply. Um, so we ended up uh, buying 
uh, part of the project outright where, where we felt it was the most advanced, the lowest risk, and then the, the bigger, more kind of grassroots, higher risk uh, exploration we, we've put into a, a JV with, the, with the, uh, the, the vendors or the former owners, which is um, a company that was called First Cobalt at the time, now Electra. So um, we uh, were the operators of that joint venture. So we've got now, you know, this very large land package of historical uh, high-grade silver mines in Northern Ontario. And where it fits into our strategy is that um, it's, although the metallurgy is different, uh, it's, it's a silver cobalt, um, cobalt byproduct uh, mining uh, situation, whereas in Peru, we've got um, silver with lead, zinc, silver, gold. So uh, more of a traditional silver polymetallic deposit. But other than that, um, the mining of it is quite similar. It, you're looking at, you know, small stopes, but very super high grade, you know, uh, mines. So, so you're, you're targeting high, high grade, but lower tonnage. And that's something we're very comfortable with because that's what we do in Peru. And so we, we feel like we can do something similar in Ontario uh, where we can get it in production, permitted quickly because the tonnage is small. It's less controversial, less of environmental footprint, et cetera. So it's something we can do quickly. And nevertheless, you can produce quite a bit of silver and you can make money because of the grades. Um, that's, that's our, that's our, uh, approach anyway. And so we'll be busy proving that model to ourselves in the market, uh, over the coming few years. Um, but in the meantime, it's a low entry point for us in terms of the cost. And, uh, we are very excited, you know, that it could be our second mine one day. Um, who do you see as your peers sort of in the silver mining space? Um, and how do you compare relatively uh, to them? Um, well, look, I think as a near-term producer, we really look to some of the other um, producers as, as our, our peer group. Um, and, you know, we, we really, whether it's through our, you know, invest relations or through how we manage our company, we really differentiate ourselves from the, the pure exploration companies that are out there, which are, you know, they're frankly a lot more common. Um, there are very few silver producers out there that actually produce most of their revenue from silver. Uh, and so I think those are, you know, companies that we certainly compare ourselves to and aspire to be valued as, um, companies like Aya, for example, uh, Go Gold's another one. And what I think is similar to those companies, similar to Kuya is that their production is relatively small right now, but they do have some production, um, much like what we will have when we start Bethania. Uh, you know, they're sort of in and around, I and Gogold both are in and around 1.5 to 2 million ounces of production right now, but they both are growth stories. They both have exploration that people are very excited about. And, and so it's, they're really buying into the growth there, not necessarily just the current production. So you've got companies, those two companies in particular that are valued at somewhere 800 million to a billion Canadian um, we've got Kuya at around 60 million Canadian. So you can see there's a lot of open space there in between where Kuya is at and where some of those other companies are at for us to grow into that, that valuation. Um, and I, I see us being able to do that. I don't think we'll have to issue too many shares to get there. And so that's obviously a huge uh, opportunity for the company and our shareholders. 
And as a conclusion, just wondering if you can um, give us a sort of outlook over the next 12 to 18 months and what you expect to uh, uh, to achieve. Sure. Um, so I guess starting with Bethania, um, in the near term, we're going to be you know updating our resource or actually putting out our 43101 resource for the first time because the, the previously all we had is a historical resource. So that is something we're working actively on right now. Um, we've just announced that we're starting our second phase exploration program at Bethania. So that will start on surface, then we'll go underground, then we'll drill, um, sort of in that order. And then we'll do this, we'll, at the same time, we'll, we'll do the same thing at Carmelita as well, our second project there that we acquired. So, uh, which is only three kilometers away and essentially it's a satellite to, to Bethania. So, um, so, uh, We've got a lot of work happening at Bethania starting right now uh, and over the next, you know, uh, I mean, I just, I see that exploration just continuing probably for many years. We might call it phase one, two, three, whatever, but it's just going to continue for, for many years now, now that we've got it started. And, you know, obviously mine development news we will have as we, as we're able to continue to de-risk the, uh, the expansion project and get uh, Bethania back into production. And then we'll also have uh, exploration news from Ontario. Great. David, really appreciate your time. Um, it's certainly a, an exciting journey that you're on. Um, obviously, restarting uh, a mine up again. Um, and there's obviously there's some clear, um, a lot of silver there. And I um, sort of wish you, wish you all the best uh, with that. Um, if our audience wants to sort of reach out to you, if they've got any questions, um, how can they go about doing that? Are you across any social media platforms? Yeah, the easiest thing is actually to start on our website, which is kuyasilver.com. Very easy. Um, and from there, you can uh, you know sign up for news. You can book a meeting with management. Um, we are on all the social, I shouldn't say all, but we are on many social media platforms, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, LinkedIn. So you can find us there as well. Yeah, great. Okay, um, really appreciate your time again. Um, and I hope the audience enjoys uh, listening to um, um, this journey. And obviously, hopefully, they'll be able to follow you. Follow you. Um, and obviously, once once you're in production, um, obviously, the sky's the limit. And obviously, not just this project, but your other projects as well. So, um, guys, really appreciate your time listening. Hope you can share, share this episode amongst your friends, family, um, other people within the industry. Um, and yeah, it's a great journey that David's on and we wish him all the luck. Um, and until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.